Welcome to Worker Movement, a podcast dedicated to the working class, a podcast dedicated to raising class consciousness. This podcast is for you, for us, for the worker. This episode is a reactive response to the events of January 6th. In a similar fashion as our other post-debate episodes, it was intended to capture our thoughts in real time. We recorded this the night of the 6th. Any reference to today refers to January 6th. Some of the historical background has been edited for accuracy, but the hot takes are presented as they were reported on the day of Trump's insurrection. All the media and talking heads keep saying to invoke the 25th Amendment. It's an absolute idiotic take. Section 4 defines the procedure whereby the vice president and a majority of the cabinet can remove the powers of the president and make the vice president the acting president. If this happens, the president can then say, nah, to Congress, and he's back in power. Then the VP and the cabinet can say, did we stutter? Then Congress has to resolve the triple dog dare with a two-thirds vote in each chamber, which is a higher bar in the House than impeachment. That's such a fucking dumb, benign constitutional amendment. And again, I think it's because all rules are written as if Congress works together and that it's not some political forces, you know, attempting to steal resources or just have political power. And I think that's an, it comes from the electoralism growth underneath neoliberalism in, in which your people are vying for power. Because if that one law from Cornell that I was reading today about how the electoral college votes are counted. This is the Electoral Count Act, which was passed in 1887 after there were various contested elections stemming from disputes raised by the states in response to the Civil War and the general reconstruction period where the South and the North were constantly arguing. And the, the 25th Amendment is written in the context of like, what if the president has like a major fucking stroke or mentally incapacitated or Reagan gets shot by a crazy person? Like, what do we do? Oh, well, you just have the vice president be like, I'm president for a time. That's like, okay, that's fine. But it was never intended to prevent Trump from being a complete idiot. It's 1992. What's going on? Reagan got shot. He doesn't die. What do we do? He has Alzheimer's. Nancy's is in power. Nancy Pelosi's coming into power, and she's been no, in the Congress Nancy for Reagan. 70. Well, I know, but, she, but Nancy Pelosi's been in the Congress <laughs> for 75 years. The 26th Amendment was going to be that somebody named Nancy has to be in power at all times. So electoralism... In a nutshell, we've talked about this before, is is just the pursuit for power to, to have control over resources. And what's been more, I don't know, visible lately is weaponizing fringe groups of individuals who can grab hold of gerrymandered regions or uh, areas that are known historically to vote for a certain candidate because there's no ramifications from the vote. If it's going to vote red or going to vote blue, you can hijack it with the most extreme personality. You can win the um, primary with a small amount of people. And now you have fucking nutsacks running around Congress acting crazy. And this is exactly what's been building over the last 20 years. And it's exactly what Newt Gingrich wanted when he had the Take Back America or whatever the hell, contract with America, where he put this mentality in place, which is win at all costs, gerrymander the hell out of everything you can, and basically hold power for as long as you can for however you can. So I don't think we've seen an election challenge under this provision of U.S. code where the vice president presides over the certification of the electoral college votes. And if there's an objection, the House and the Senate are tasked with effectively resolving any conflicts. And if they can't do that, then it goes to the executive of each state. That hasn't happened before. And 
the fact that it's happening now is a result of Newt Gingrich's plan effectively over the last 30 years to win at all costs. And you get these gerrymandered districts that have, I'm going to say, extremist representation, especially in some of the southern states, where you have people that are just functionally not qualified to in any way, shape or form represent the public interest. Uh, you saw this a little bit with Loeffler being appointed as a Senate replacement and then going on and losing an election. Uh, from an electoral standpoint, that should functionally never happen because there is an incentive for the governor to appoint somebody that has a viable opportunity to actually win re-election. And the fact that he appointed Loeffler, who ended up being just a complete moron, and then went on to lose, is functionally a problem with how the game theory of electoralism is supposed to work. So the Republicans violated the terms of the game theory argument of if we do this, there'll be a repercussion. They went ahead and appointed somebody that's a complete moron and unqualified, and then they reap the benefits of being idiots, and they lost. Had they not done that, you would have somebody that's both qualified to be in the Senate and would be viable for re-election. And because they didn't do that, you have Loeffler, who's now challenging the presidential electoral vote count. And it comes down to, you know, what's the qualification of being a senator? I mean, at the end of the day, there's nobody really is qualified anymore unless you're a, I don't know, a millionaire. Because the Senate has always been appointed to those with political power, right? Who who actually can run statewide. It's not designed necessarily for reactionary votes like you have in the House, where anybody can win. When I say anybody, I mean I really mean like Tom Cotton won and now he's Senate. It's because he's basically a hateful individual and they just love him in that state. Uh, There really is no qualification besides just being soulless. But back to your point, if they would have picked somebody a little more moderate who could speak gooder than the competition, uh, remember because politics is is a competition, uh, if they could speak speak as the bestest and not stutter on stage and not come up like an asshole, it wouldn't have been a contest. And if Georgia would have, like, if they would have pushed Trump away after he lost, this runoff would have probably been over. But they aligned themselves to Trump, and they ate shit for it because for some reason somebody convinced these assholes that the electoral college was going to go in the favor of Trump. If I was Loeffler and I don't know Purdue, the yeah, that guy Purdue, the losers, I, I would have distanced myself so much and ran moderate. All the way, just to just to gain power. Again, this has nothing to do with your beliefs. It's just to keep power. Who cares a shit if your base gets mad at you? Just don't lose the middle. Don't lose the middle two percent. Yeah, in politics, the name of the game is winning, and playing moderately probably would have led them to winning. I I think the concern was that if you discard Trump, Trump's base doesn't turn out for you. And let's say that happened, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but it doesn't matter. If given the choice between siding with Trump and getting his base to turn out and alienating everybody else, you're going to lose. You're going to lose anyway. Or your other option is to moderate and effectively dare the Trump's base to not vote for you, and then you're going to lose anyway. So it's like you failed to choose the the option of those two that leads to you winning. And I and I don't I don't really comprehend again like the funding the, I mean, it was such a big distraction. For the counting of the votes for the the Georgia re-election, that yeah, they they won by just opposing whoever they. You have Osop running on. Well, I support healthcare rights for everybody. Well, do you support Medicare for all? Well, no. Like he didn't run on anything. He's just the guy. He he just wasn't a conservative. Right. He didn't like Trump. I mean, period. He, that's it. Yeah, I'm not aligned to Trump. I'm gonna win. You're gonna lose. And they got lucky. 
They, 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 and then when I say lucky, I just mean the flavor and the con- the contest was just right. It, the electoral politics at that point in time were just enough to, to get them over. Georgia went blue because Trump wouldn't shut the fuck up for the last two and a half weeks of that election. I mean, if Trump hadn't called that dickhead and had it recorded and pushed out, the Dems would have lost. It would have baked for the Republican Party. Yep. But he just couldn't not meddle. Or he just couldn't not break laws, I guess. But, I mean, arguably, can can the president really break laws? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out, out. right? He, he he seems to be immune to, to anything. And, and whatever. I mean, it's only four to eight years, depending on what it is of immunity. I mean, Obama has gray hair, and he murdered tons of kids in Yemen. So it, it <laughs> he's still a war criminal. <laughs> he's just no longer immune. Right. Nobody's going to charge him. So whatever. Maybe the same thing happens to Trump. Do you think the shenanigans that occurred on counting of the Electoral Votes Day will in any way, shape, or form impact whether Trump gets prosecuted or historically how Trump is viewed? So we had an episode before where we talked about how nobody's ever going to prosecute, that Biden's going to come into office and he's going to say things like, just like Obama did, oh, we have to forget what happened in the past, we got to bring the nation together. I'll answer the second part of that question first, I guess. You said how, how Trump is viewed. I think he's still going to be remembered as probably one of the worst presidents in the history of of the united states because of just how incompetent he was i mean it's taken a long time for people to see how terrible andrew jackson was with the slaughtering of natives or indigenous you know people uh, um and so there's lots of bad history and bad blood but of modern presidents he did some pretty large amounts of damage and i don't think biden's gonna roll it back quite honestly um We'll get to that in a second. The, the, the first part, though, is I think he kept putting his thumb in Biden's eye uh, to the point where he took away from Biden's victory lap. And he might be petty enough to go after him with some sort of committee to investigate the frauds of 45 or some dumbass committee. But something that's going to keep pulling Trump's name to the mud just to be petty. I don't think he's going to be prosecuted, but I think it's going to be something like, I don't know, the presidential committee on determining how to prevent Trump. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be dumb, but I, I think it's going to do something where it's going to basically bring in the media all the shit that Trump did that was illegal over and over again without prosecuting. And the Dems are going to keep trying to throw the line back in the, the water of Trump's a terrible person as kind of deflection from us having to actually do anything. So the longer they can drag out this pseudo Trump investigation, the better it is for them to keep reminding people that the orange man is bad. I think the storming of the Capitol was such a stupid theater-based thing that was just so dumb and unnecessary that I think it opens the way for any number of people to go after Trump. So you could have a county attorney general in Georgia decide that they want to charge Trump with a felony for attempting to influence a Georgia election. You could have some guy in New York say that he committed rent fraud or something. And it doesn't have to be anything big, but I think there's enough political cover now where I'm going to say like second tier people can go after Trump without anybody batting an eye. Like I just don't think yeah. anybody's going to leap to his defense, including like no Republicans are going to care. He's just going to be this guy they had to deal with for four years. And now he's gone. Who's going to represent him? I actually like I actually like your idea. I, I think if you are lawyers, sue him because you're going to tie up his money and tie him up in court. And he's not going to have he's going to have so many lawsuits coming from all the bullshit he pulled over the last 4 years where he was immune to prosecution and immune to lawsuits that it's going to it's going to be a deluge of insanity. And it's not going to be the poor people, his actual supporters that are the ones 
you know, storming the Capitol. It's going to be the middle size to large corporations that were like, hey, we donated to you. Where's our fucking reward? Yep. And now we look bad and we're disinterested in looking bad and we're completely satisfied with Biden. So we're not going to go out of our way to defend you. Why would any corporation stick their neck out for Trump at this point? <laughs> nobody will. Nobody will. You know, that, nobody will. We're like, you know, 10, 15 minutes into this episode and we're just rambling. And I don't think we even set the story straight for what was actually happening in the Capitol. So what happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> what happened? You ready? Okay. Trump lost. Um, it wasn't a historical loss. He just lost. He happened to lose states that he thought he was going to win, like Georgia. And a bunch of Republicans, because they're trying to get their donor bases up, uh, attempted to side with Trump and pull some shenanigans on the Electoral College, which means they tried to do stuff like contest the vote. And the law says you can't count the votes until all the contested whatever from the House is resolved or some nonsense. So they basically don't want to have... The votes counted because they still believe for some reason that Trump won the election. The Electoral College basically represents landowners with not the popular vote. And it's it's an attempt to, to make slave ownership more powerful than non-slave ownership. So the, the entire fact that there's an Electoral College vote to contest is derived from effectively slavery and ensuring that southern states could exploit labor for capital. It's a historical yeah. artifact. It shouldn't even exist. So this entire process is effectively pointless, but it's being used as a bludgeon to have a certain group of Republicans advocate for a political outcome. And a lot of it has to do with, with candidates who are either no-named or small-named from small states who just need donations. Or you have grifters like Gomert, <laughs> who just who, who are just trying to keep the grift alive. He's either too stupid to know what's going on, or he's so fucking smart that he knows what to grab a hold of because there's no political consequence to it. Uh, that he comes off like a moron, but I don't think he is. I, I I don't know, but he comes off as a like he's missing a few brain cells. But at the end of the day, he may actually be one of the smartest people in in Congress just because he can grift. He doesn't pass anything. He can just make money, raise money, and grift. So so what happened today? So somehow the con gets out. They convince a bunch of right-wing assholes that have dumb fucking patches on their dumbass bulletproof vests to show up and not wear masks and be, I don't know, 50,000 strong in the Capitol, uh, which is okay because they're not wearing masks, so why not? And this is led largely by Trump. Well, I don't know if Trump necessarily organized it or if he's going to say that he just promoted it, right? And that's the nuance he's going to grab onto is I didn't organize this, but I, I didn't do anything to prevent it. Right, because I don't legally have to. Right. Right. I mean, he didn't call for the riot. He just didn't say the riot should stop. Right. Uh, you know, there, and there's video out there now of all these protesters getting to Capitol Hill. There's video of the cops opening up the gates, not pushing back. And there's all this nonsense about, you know, Black Lives Matter is what caused this because the cops are tired or some bullshit. And we should we should tip our hats to the D.C. police who, frankly, have put up with a lot of this over the past year, whether it's pro or anti-Trump supporters, the Black Lives Matter protests that were held. This is a police force that has been worn pretty thin and worked pretty hard dealing with situations like this across the nation's capital. Thanks, CBS. Yeah, thanks, CBS. Uh, so that's, in a nutshell, what happened is a bunch of right-wing grifters and insane people went to the Capitol today, like the Million Man March or something, to try to storm the Capitol and just show them how a bunch of gun-owning hillbillies are able to, uh, in suburban, you know, people are able to uh, afford a ticket to D.C. in the middle of pandemic and also wear cool vests. Are you telling me the people committing sedition have some sort of privilege by which they can afford to take a day off 
travel across the country to D.C. then record themselves on their fancy smartphones committing felonies. The best thing you should look for in the media is that there's a crowd picture. I'm not sure if it's in the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, one of those insane papers, but there's a picture of the crowd. And in the corner of the picture is a cool tent. And on that tent is someone selling 20 different t-shirts. <laughs> They're using the opportunity to just fucking make money. Someone literally has a t-shirt shop in the middle of a 50,000 person protest or whatever it is, just selling it to these assholes. Whether or not they believe it or not, they're making money. It doesn't matter. They're making money. It doesn't matter. They're making money. That's the best part of it all. So the crowd was predominantly white, predominantly male, predominantly maskless. And how many people oh. did you estimate were there? You said 50,000. Are you going to I'm just making that? that up. I have no idea. Let, let's see how many they say. I mean, it could have been 10,000. I have no idea. Once it gets above a couple hundred, I'm like, I can't right, count that. You're not a fire marshal? No. I, I try to say how many people can stand on a piece of newspaper, and then I guess from there. It says here that there were thousands. I'm not sure what that means. Ooh, they called it insurrection in one of these areas. Insurrection. So this protests went on for some period of time you had the house and the senate in session pence was up there presiding uh getting ready to cut his own nuts off uh they started reading through the states i guess before this was fun before they started reading through the states nancy Pelosi got up there with her gravel uh slurred saying republicans democrats and republicans and then told everybody that they were too close for social distancing bang the gavel and then Pence took over. And then uh, some somebody asked the question of, how do we do parliamentary inquiries? And Pence just stood up there and was like, you don't. Uh, respectfully, the gentleman's parliamentary inquiry constitutes debate, which is not permitted in the joint session under Section 18 of Title Three, United States Code. And it was like, uh, okay, so moving ahead. They ran off some states. They got to Arizona. <laughs> Uh, the election challenge was filed, which means that the House and the Senate have to divide up for two hours. They're supposed to vote yay or nay on it. And that's when the Capitol was stormed or when the police opened the barricade and protesters leisurely walked into the Capitol through the lines of police that were supposed to be protecting the Capitol. You mean they were escorted in by their brothers? I mean, their effectively. Brothers yeah. But they were tired because they'd spent a lot of time Black Lives Matter protesting. Hey, Cab. <laughs> so they effectively what they evacuated the senate they i think they evacuated the senate first because you have to take care of all the old people there and it sounds like pence got pence got evacuated too and then you had protesters like literally walking through the senate and like sitting in the chair and getting their picture taken oh it's selfie time i hope they get their face tagged on social media and let facebook just rat them out like what a terrible idea it's the dumbest conceivable thing ever you federally break into a the capital and then get your picture taken in the chair. <laughs> now that we've we've clarified uh, in the middle of the show, uh, what happened? What's going on? What happened? Let's talk about ramifications in the sense of like <sighs> we know that the police are on the protester side because there's a bunch of three percenters and they all have those fucking douchey yellow don't don't tread on me let me lick your boots flags and <laughs> let you know, me lick your ass. boots flag. <laughs> yeah okay let me s suck on your snake or something <laughs> dumb we need to make um, a yellow flag with a, a boot 
a boot on it, yeah. And the snake licking it. Don't tread on me unless you're like a the boot. Rolling Stones lips and then a boot. Yep, just fucking getting it all on there. None of the none of the protesters will be trespassed. So so that's basically was a free for all day for the right wing uh, grifters, the insane people, because nobody stopped them. And what that also means is that somehow they were able to get thousands of people into the Capitol who complained about, you know, taxes and everything else that weren't working. So think about that. When you hear the right wing say shit like, oh, I couldn't vote until 8 p.m. because I was at my job. Just remember the amount of people that showed up at the Capitol right after the New Year's taking, I guess, vacation days to do this? Vacation days to commit federal trespassing felonies. So, I mean, I wanted to really think about the the hypocrisy of the right here. I mean, it's it's January 6th. They're already just being a bunch of weird assholes. And if you got your stimulus check, $600, you can go get yourself a shotgun and a handgun, guys. <laughs> so, looking, looking at how inept the basic security of the day was, like, there were more cops, more infrastructure in place, uh, like on day five of the Minneapolis George Floyd riots, I think they had more more cops in place during Kenosha. Yeah, yesterday the Kenosha announcement that they weren't going to yeah. charge the cop for blatantly shooting a black person. Yep, they they got out the physical like concrete partitions with the forklift to stack them to make a physical barrier, and in D.C. they used the like concert crowd control barriers that they gave the four cops managing the entrance access to just open. It's one thing for me to see cops being abusive and hate them. And it's another to see them abusive to one group of people and then not to another group of people and hate them more. I mean, that's totally against what I believe in, but it's almost like it's fair. Like, why aren't you shooting like smoke and tear gas into this crowd? They have guns. Like they are an armed occupying force that came not in peaceful demonstration, but to actively storm the Capitol. I mean, this is treason, if we think about it, on its on its face. I mean, they're armed militia wandering into the Capitol. Now, I don't give a shit. I think it's funny because the Congress we have was just theater. Yeah, this is I mean, all it's, theater it's, to begin with. Yeah. It's all theater. And at the, at the end of the day, you can't tell people you were there because everybody's going to be like, dude, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, you're just the biggest or you're around, Or you're going to die in prison or something, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got COVID. How'd you get it? Oh, uh, I some fucking guy in the vest coughed in my mouth while we were looking at MAGA hats together. So the security presence was effectively non-existent today, to the extent that there are a number of pictures of the house putting like a big desk in the way of the door and having people stand outside with a gun, like, oh, I'm gonna protect everybody or something. And it, if if this is the actual security in place for the federal Congress. Like, what are they doing? Why? Who, who spends money on this? I mean, it's the best argument yet for defunding the police. So in order to actually get into the Capitol, well, first of all, there hasn't been anybody in the Capitol in nine months because the Capitol's largely shut down due to COVID. But before, the Capitol was generally secure. Uh, there was some concept of metal detectors. You probably had to sign in some nature of security where it prevented just people from randomly walking. I actually think carrying a firearm on federal property is a felony. Oh, and it probably is. Meaning that anybody that went to the courthouse today or any place today that had a gun on them that wasn't a, um, a, a black person shooter? Well, I think anybody that entered the Capitol today, period, committed a felony. And now you have 
weapons charges and shit added on that too. Well, I hope so. Because I really, 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 really hope that everybody gets a felony charge from this and they lose their right to have a gun. <laughs> it's funny on multiple levels. Like, that's what I would literally do. I would, anybody that would have had a gun on them that was trespassing would immediately be arrested and then charged with committing a felony with a firearm. Yeah, like, literally everybody <laughs> that entered the Capitol should be charged in some capacity. It's just it's just like you, you just fuck them. Arrest them all, fuck their whole lives up, they're gonna do poor people, and fuck their whole lives up. Don't let them be able to carry guns anymore. So in order to get into the Capitol, there's probably some concept of security. You probably have to get fingerprinted, you have to have a badge, you have to sign in, you have to... There's an entire elaborate security system, and these people literally just walked in to the extent that somebody was sitting in Nancy Pelosi's chair, and she didn't ever screen lock because it's so hard to hit the Windows shortcut to lock your screen of Windows key L. Really good <laughs> IT security there. Yeah, good job, guys. Which is, again, another layer of just how incompetent the security force was, which leads me to believe that they didn't even assess this to be a threat guess in in the first place but then once they did assess it to be a threat what was their plan i have no fucking clue like they just let it play out and people got bored this is the right wings occupy wall street movement right here yeah it's the it's the occupy wall street tea party movement all rolled into one it's it's we're a bunch of anarchist fucks on either side and we're gonna come in here and we have this idea and it's all one third of the way thought out we're gonna storm the capital we're going to sit here. That was the plan. It was it was number one, storm the Capitol. Well, what's number two? One goal. Yeah. Number three, make money, right? Make money. Sell t-shirts. Make money. Hell yeah. The chaos that was, that was sown today is, is just for chaos. The, I mean, there's really no other benefit of this besides pure chaos. And again, I love chaos um, because I think it's the only way to make change. But there was nobody behind them to back them up. So you got to have the chaos. But then you have to have the institution ready to go. That backs them up. So you have to have their all the Republican Congress ready to basically usurp the voters of the United States and you know have some sort of you know shadow government for them. But that didn't happen. So now you had a bunch of morons running around the Capitol acting like assholes. And the way that the federal government set up with the state governments, even if you seize control of the federal, you still have the states. Right? New York doesn't have to pay taxes if they don't want to. Like nothing will change as as a result of what happened today. Like functionally, nothing will change. Nothing. No. Maybe more people will resign being cops. Maybe more people will stop wanting to be cops because their days are bullshit. I mean, that's the best part is that the right and the left are just putting pressure on the the armed private land holding security guards, um, which are the police, uh, so that their days are longer. But, I mean, they get overtime and they get combat pay or whatever you want to call it. So it's not like they're hurting. And, and I should clarify that something will change, and that will be Melania her chief of staff resigned today and oh why cnn characterized this as a very significant development well in in a bit of good news for today uh even though the um shots out to melania's chief of staff for resigning and i guess uh miley cyrus and elton john are recovering metallica song uh, nothing else matters so that's good did you even know melania had a chief of staff i don't even know why the first lady needs a chief of staff because it's not an administrative position it makes no sense like what did what does she like what is she the chief of what staff does she have you know i don't i don't get this because somehow 
and I'm not sure when it happened. They tried to make the the spouse, the partner, as a king of queen mentality, that the partner was going to do this great these great things, right? The partner was going to champion some good, but but like I can't think of what the last two people did. Reagan Reagan's wife put black people in jail with the don't do drugs campaign. So all of these people that stormed the Capitol today are literally committing treason. Is that a fair statement? Uh, you know, they would say the same thing on the left. So I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, I'm on the right. They're, they're treasonist. Be- because one thing, they're, they're doing multiple things. One, they are storming the Capitol and force and they are armed. Right? That, and it wasn't peaceful. It was designed to get rowdy. They went there not with peace in mind. And I understand that. And, and I understand why they're doing it. They want to sow chaos. And that's just what they want to do. So... It is what that is. Uh, the second part about the treason, though, comes from the fact that a lot of these groups outside of today spend their time trying to overthrow or secede the nation. Right, the three percenters and all those militias that that are out in the news—they're not there because they want to protect the constitution. They're there because they don't like the way the constitution works, I guess, and they want it to go back to when you can own slaves, I guess. These pure constitutionalists are like. They use the Constitution to do violence, and that just is crazy. It's like the it's like the KKK today protesting outside of Georgia because they're mad that a black guy won the vote. A black Marxist, as Loeffler attempted to frame him as. If only he was a fucking Marxist. Holy <laughs> shit. Or he's just hiding his power levels. Yeah, he's going to do Super Saiyan when he gets in the Congress, gets in the Senate. Jeremiah Wright was elected to the That's United right. States. God, God damn! No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible. I remember that shit. And I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. I, I kind of agree with what he's saying. What's the problem? Yeah, well, and then I don't know like, why it's the problem for Obama. And that's when we all should have known that he was a neoliberal do-nothing corporatist. But... Oh, cool. Hey, you remember that book where they talk about doublespeak? 1984, it has to... George Orwell, yeah, yeah, yeah. anti-Stalinist. So you have, yeah, exactly. It was a propaganda book. Um, the propaganda piece today is, um, this is fucking dope, from Loeffler. My objection was intended to protect the sanctity of the American democratic process. Bitch, you lost. Your state lost. You're a liar. I wanted to protect the sanctity of straight marriage by eliminating gay marriage. I'm Kelly Loeffler. I own a WNBA team. I own a WNBA team and... I want my money game given back to me. So I'll have LeBron, the class trader, James, uh, buy the team from me. When, if they really cared, they would just dissolve the team and then assign the team to the current ownership to fuck over Kelly. That's actually what should happen. That's exactly that's what like, should happen. The, NB- the WNBA should dissolve the Atlanta Dream, reward an expansion team to whatever ownership group they want to, and tell Kelly to go take a hike. Oh, I'm sorry that you lost $400 million on the WNBA, but go fuck yourself. Yeah, literally go fuck yourself. Uh, Nothing more clear and concise than that. We run the WNBA as a monopoly, and we can do whatever the fuck we want. Come at me. Come at me, bro. At the end of the day, the right-wing nutsacks stormed the Capitol, and by stormed, I mean were invited in and escorted in by the police. Uh, Their chaos did nothing except for interrupt... The process that's still going to keep going. They weren't able to drive enough fear in anybody's hearts that they're going to change the process. And this little bit of a movement's going to peter out because they're not going to have anybody to back and support them. 
And I think it's going to divide the Republican Party in a way that the Tea Party did in the mid-2000s. For future episodes and to learn more about the worker movement, join us at workermovement.com.